Hi, I'm Kelsey Lewin of the Video Game History Foundation, and you're listening to the Scene World Podcast. Hey, it's the Scene World Podcast. I'm AJ. That's Jurg. How do you feel? How do you feel about Jamaica? Nice, nice. Cool. Tropical country, uh, country, um, nice weather, interesting people, where we go more into depths of um, the actual happenings in Jamaica. But this time, we are basically talking about his beginnings. Yeah. So... Before we do that, though, uh, news. And Jörg's got most of it today, so... Yeah, go yep, for it. Like fifty or something. Alrighty. Let's hope not. So, so recently we talked to the Video Game History Foundation, and they actually celebrated five years of existence. So, congratulations, Kelsey and Frank. Nice. And um, they made a little Twitter post of it, so we will link to that. And also important because we don't mention it very often. Please, if you like, if you would like to see more of us, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. We still yeah. need new, we still need more subscriber to get a bigger audience and well to get better guests and stuff, you know, and reviewing and so on whatsoever. So thank you for ringing the bell as well. Mm. Nice. Alrighty. Um, speaking of availability of. Scene World, we are now also available with the podcast on Facebook Podcasts that is currently only available on American mobile phones. But if you have the really? Facebook apps on either iOS or Android and you are in America, then if you use the Facebook app, you have a little tab saying Podcasts. Where you can actually listen and subscribe to the podcast as well. Perhaps you're doing this already because you discovered this before we recorded this. Hmm. So, anyway, enjoy that. And we are looking forward to the moment when it rolls out worldwide. Yes. Because more audience means the more the merrier. Um, well, and also, speaking of podcast availability we also available now on listen tabs on samsung hmm. so if you have a samsung smart device which i go to listen tabs you do. can listen to us as well yeah 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 I'll, tell, I'll look at that right um so now now not only concentrating on us but on other news um there has been, or currently there is, works on a new 56k Turbo Wi-Fi modem for purchase, and um, it's actually done by a group in Argentina. So, despite their homepage is in in Spanish, they have they have um, a threat in the C64 Facebook group that's in English with instructions of where to order it. Okay. Including all the software. So we'll link to that as well. And also, it rambled the news recently that Bandcamp is joining Epic Games. Really? So Bandcamp is no longer independent. Mm. But Epic Games already said it will keep everything the way it is. We'll see about okay. that. Okay. Yeah. And another piece of hardware. Now, I believe, from America. A 16 MB ROI is in the works. Oh. Also, okay. also in the same Facebook group mentioned. So we will link to that as well. Yeah, yeah. And there we go. There has been... RUs have been kind of popular recently because there's been some games that have... Like Sonic has required yeah. required it. And, and, Next week I shall spend time finding where mine is. Yeah. 
because I don't remember where I put it after using oh, it yeah, for Sam's, that journey. Yes, yeah, Sam's on journey the NTS, one. Yeah. On my on, on my NTSC SX64, mm-hmm. you know, you know the moment where you where you keep things on a special place, so you mm-hmm. know where they are when you need them. Yeah. And when the time comes, I'm like, where was that special place I put it? Mm-hmm. Don't remember. So perhaps that sometimes not a good idea. Perhaps it's better to keep keep, keep stuff at the place they used to be and not put them on a special place hmm. because you might forget where the special place was. Um, yeah, anyway. I will find it, and if not, I will get the 16 MB um, ROY anyway. Right. Because there will be a compatibility mode for hmm. 2 MB, I, I guess. Otherwise, it wouldn't make sense. Well, then... Talking about previous guest news, Tom Mitterrico stepped down as CEO of Intellivision. Yeah. Well, he is now the creative, technical, well, designer of Intellivision. Mm-hmm. Yep. And the new one is Phil Adams. So, and... And what do we know about Phil Adams? Phil Adams was involved in recent projects of new consoles, you know, that didn't came to fruition. Mm. Okay. So, very, very much YouTubers weren't re- very happy about this change. Mm. Um, and, and there has been rumors that the company is now struggling to and be out of money soon. So we will see. We will there, see. There have been a, a bunch of YouTube videos from people where they're like, Tommy Tallarico told me this in private, and now I'm betraying him and, and talking about it out in public. <laughs> exactly. And exactly. We reached out to him for comment. Obviously, he didn't. Give us. He didn't. He didn't respond. I. Why would? Why would you? When everybody else is. You know, right. You anyway. Know, anyway, but, if he is ready to talk, we invite him to. Yeah. Set the record straight as we did with Kunal God yeah, from yeah. Uh, Watermelon Games. So there, there was you also, know you know, I, I also want to point out that when we did yeah. the uh, games, when we did Gamescom, and we had Tommy and um, um, Hans, Hans Ibich in our in, in our panel, um, we did Interesting. get. Interesting. You always put a T. Yeah. A, a T in his family name where there yeah. is no T. Ipish. Yeah, yeah. I don't know can why. You, can you try it? Ipish. Ipish. You can do it. You yes. see? Can do it. Yes. Um but uh you know after that video after that that panel there were some comments uh from people accusing us of being like like part of the the cult or or you know just shilling for them and it, and that's not personally I like I have no use for the Amico. I'm not going to buy the thing. Uh I didn't pre-order it either. Uh, yeah, and yeah. thing you yeah. know, we're not. There, there's, we were trying to give our guests the, you know, the chance to talk, but we weren't. We're not on board with anybody's stuff, and we're not taking any sides on anything. Except if I see a personal use, like the um, the 128 that was rebuilt, I got a unit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I already, I already mentioned that during there the are things. Yeah, but there are. Bought... Yeah, there are things that that. We can like and still, you know, I mean, y- yeah. you know, be critical of, you know, like, exactly. like the, 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 um, I, I just saw recently a video, um, Perifractic got, got the, a prototype version of the A500 Mini, the little, little A500, and, um, what he was showing there was, was interesting, but it had a lot of the same kind of issues that the C64 had in the beginning where the games, there's no intro. It just pops right into the game. And it's oh, like, the C64 Mini? Yes. At the beginning? Before yes. They made the, the, before they made this firmware right, update? Right, right, yeah. Oh, yeah, I was which, totally which, pushing Derry yes. Mailburn for right, that. Right. Can you please fix, can right. you please fix your well, unit? And he, and he was like... I don't think it's very important, but I will pass it on. And a year and a year later, we I got a message like we thought about it again, and we decided to fix it finally. Yeah, like, yeah. Wow! And, and, thank you, thank you. Right. The, the the couple of games that were loaded on it were, you know, up to just that being how DH load works. But I don't think that that's. It seems more like it's like a memory 
dump, and that's just what the game was in memory when it was it was dumped. Um, but yeah, um, he also mentioned the maximum specs, and uh, apparently they say that this this uh, this thing can end up to a like twenty five hertz sixty eight o thirty processor, which is not my my hundred is faster than that, you know, like it's. Like you're not getting, I guess, I guess it can't really like like if you were hoping to emulate like a, like a fully decked out Amiga four thousand or even a twelve hundred or something, you you won't be able to because it can't go to the forties or 060s or anything. At least not with the hardware currently using. He he did say that the stuff in there is not going to be what they use in the final production run. He wasn't even allowed to show what was inside the case, um, but. But yeah, that they're 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 listing facts on what it can emulate is not all that impressive. Hmm. Well, as I said, I will stand neutral on it, and um, if it's getting released, and I'm especially very much looking forward to the new Earthworm Jim Four. Mm -hmm. So that would be the killer app for me to buy the console because hmm. I love um, Earthworm Jim. Hmm. So you know. Um, well, well, and there, there we can make the transition to <laughs> Mega Drive and Super Nintendo releases. Ooh. Now, um, Remute, we love you, Dennis. Yep. That's what you would say, yes, because you do. are American. And we do, Americans we do love, love Americans got, always love people. I got, I got his, 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 his Game Boy album right there. Right yeah, here. me too, me too, me too. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, Europeans like and Americans love. Yes. That's the difference between the, the two L's. Anyway, so he he made he made a deal with um, 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 strictly limited games. So they are right now um, allowing purchases of his previous Mega Drive and Super Nintendo albums. Hmm. So we'll be linked to that, yes. Very nice. And the main difference here is um, that compared to the original that he sold for himself under his own name, the editions from Strictly Limited actually have a packaging. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Alrighty. Well... And, um, and and speaking of speaking of orders, I actually find out that um, the Game Master Classified book is also now able to buy via Beckerlit if you missed the Kickstarter that was like a year ago. And um, but I have to I have to mention that they actually support more countries than in the Kickstarter. In the Kickstarter, they only ship to Mexico, Canada, and USA. They, they say it's because of the pandemic. But as I said in the last news section of the last podcast, I think that's bullshit reason. Because the Postal Service isn't affected anymore by the pandemic, so the reasoning is bullshit. And, um, so with Beckerlit, you are also lucky now if you live either in Kosovo or the Canary Islands. Okay. Yeah. Which is interesting because the Kosovo is also in, in Europe. So, But I guess they are not so strict on the CN2223 custom, custom form filling and stuff. Yeah. Anyway, the thing is, for example, in Germany, since July 1st, um, last year you can make it electronically so it actually got easier than than uh, more complicated so the reasoning is really weird anyway mm. just wanted wanted to mention that and also um, we spoke to Chris Abbott a while ago about the fusion retro books releasing the volume one of the little books of sound chips and now they have it online the pre-order of this volume two of the little books of sound chips hmm. so we will link to that as well um and you can also get if you like um 
You can also get it on as PDF, so we will put true links to that new spit. Okay. Yeah. And now we are going back to what our previous guests did. I made an interview, a historical one. No, not uh, actually a podcast that you missed because you have been sick on that day with Jörg Ritterhaus, a.k.a. Trominal, mm -hmm. and he actually released his new game on itch.io, Snooze. Oh, nice, Snooze. nice. Yeah, you can download that for free, so um, welcome to that. Hmm. Now, now a historical guest that we had a few years ago, Dr. Peter Kittel, former business customer supporter worker at Commodore. He updated his website with photos and stories about his time when working at Commodore and later ESCOM. And we already tweeted that on our Twitter and it was a very huge success, despite you need, you need Google Translate for that. Mm -hmm. But people love it. So if you missed it and you want to love it, go and leave some love. Um, <laughs> okay. And there is nice, there's nice information um, regarding an impossible mission three for the Commodore 64. Icon 65 got permission to work on the official impossible mission three. So there will be an impossible mission three, which yeah. is amazing after so many years. Yeah. 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 That's it. Yeah. And speaking of which, we mentioned Sonic at the beginning of this news item. Now you can you can buy two versions of the Sonic disc, professionally printed, with disc cover and disc label, or just a disc label version alone, on two Etsy stores. We will link to those two Etsy stores. Okay. I got them. They look really fantastic. Hmm. Cool. Yep. And there is a new Prodbox emulator. Um, it's a realistic virtual computer simulator. It's called Prodbox, mm -hmm. and its its goal is to emulate the hardware while actually looking at the hardware. So oh. it's a new okay. new kind of of um, way of emulating old machines. That's why it's called itself Simulator. Hmm. And not really um, emulator. Interesting. That's, yeah. that's a different way of going and about it. And it's actually it's actually on on early on early access. Hmm. So we will link to that as well. Yes, and those would be my fifty something news items. <laughs> uh, and we we made them like eighteen minutes. Oh my god. Hmm? Anyway, let's go to yes. Jamaica. Fly over oh, and see what's what's going on there. See ya. Today. We have another guest, as always, and today we have Wayne Benjamin yes, from indeed. Jamaica, from the Lab Video Game TV. Hello, Wayne. Hello, sir. Thank you so much for having me, guys. I appreciate it. Well, you replied pretty quick to my email. I think it was under a minute or something. When I, when I reached out to you, I was like, oh, my God, is that true? I just sent out my email. Yes, life is short. I don't I try not to waste any of it, you know? That's good, yeah. So we had an interview with Cyforce Johnson earlier that you got us in contact with, and okay. he he described you as being the number one journalist entity in Jamaica about gaming. That's very kind of him. I'd like to see that interview, actually. <laughs> it's very nice. <laughs> It'll be coming out soon. So, So how do you describe yourself if you say it's very nice? Well, I am actually a motion picture professional, you know, other than, oh. other than in the video game world, what I do is I create various kinds of motion picture productions, be it documentaries, indie films, lots and lots of music videos and stuff like that. I do a lot of work within that um, of video production. Hmm. That's pretty much what I do. Where the video game journalism is concerned, however, it started from when I was a kid, from when I was really young. So I always loved video games, I always played video games, and even while playing these video games, one of my favorite things to do while playing video games were to record them. Back in the days, we used a VHS and we recorded the video games I was playing. That's back in the days of like the NES and the Sega Master System and whatnot. 
And it was really, it just, it just it remained with me until, I mean, I used to watch a lot of this show called X-Play, Extended Play. It had various name changes on G4 TV and I Tech TV, and I watched a lot of that. And as much as I liked it, I have this thing about me where if I see something that I like, I'll think to myself, well, how could I improve on it? What would I prefer to see? What would suit me? And so there were things about X-Play and Extended Play that, that I liked, and there were some, some stuff that I thought were lacking. So what I did eventually, by 2003, I basically created my own video game television show. Back then, there was no... I had no access to, like, the internet. I don't even think YouTube was around in 2003. Maybe it was. I don't know, but... No, it's 20... Oh, that's not true. 2005. Yeah, yeah. Ah, okay. And it took me a long time to actually get the lab video game TV onto YouTube. But, yes, if it was 2005, then... That means I started before YouTube. So, yes, it was on television, and that's when it started in 2003. Hmm. And, yeah, that's pretty much the history of the live video game TV, at least how it started. Right. So, where did it progress from, from there? I mean, how did it start to become, you know, number one ent entity, and how did you meet Triforce Johnson? Well, okay, it... It, you see, Jamaica is a very small country, as you guys pr probably know. Yeah. So it's not that hard <laughs> to be number one. And where video games are concerned, over the years since I created the Lab Video Game TV in 2003, I saw a couple other video game shows pop up. Right? A couple other shows popped up, but they didn't last very long. They withered away. So the reason why <laughs> I'm number one, and this may be um, diluting my own success but i'm number one because i'm the only one <laughs> <laughs> well they came and they went, but i'm really the only one to my knowledge i'm the only one so that's why i'm number one <laughs> i stuck that's, to it you know, I nothing, to it. nothing wrong with that at least you know less competition right <laughs> uh, yeah i mean i don't mind competition or not i don't mind i, I really do it for the passion i do mm -hmm. it for the love and that was that's why i've been able to keep it alive for so long Right. Because when you love what you do, a wise man once said, if you love what you do, you never work a day in your life. It's no longer a job. It's like a monetized hobby. So it's fun, mm -hmm. no matter what. Whether I'm, whether I'm up there or I'm down, I'm up, it doesn't matter. Money, is, money isn't why I'm doing it or anything like that, or fame or competition. It's due to the love of it. And that's why I was able to last this long while some others came and they withered away. Which is also probably perhaps the reason why outside of Jamaica, very little is known about what's going on in Jamaica. Well, very. You mean regarding video games? Mm -hmm. Yes. I mean, I mean, when did you hear somebody talking about video games in Jamaica that who isn't from Jamaica? I mean, most people talk about Europe, USA, Japan you know, and China imports, but nobody talks about Jamaica, really. Fair enough. I guess Jamaica is more known for, like, its music and its tourism and, like, Usain Bolt, the runner, you know, that's what, those are the, the staple, those are the top things in Jamaica, but yeah. Good, good food, uh, too. Good food. Excellent food, I have to say. Excellent <laughs> food and ladies. Excellent. <laughs> but what I, the thing about it is that, well, somebody had to do it. You know what I'm saying? And when you think about video games, yeah, the first country that comes to mind will not be Jamaica, but hey, where there are passionate people, we'll do what we do, no matter where. It could be under a rock, we're going to do what we do, you know? So yeah, I, I don't blame people for not thinking Jamaica, but as it stands, however, I am I am proud of what's going on regarding the video game industry in Jamaica, though, because I've seen a couple of developers pop up, you know, like these guys are working on a game called Street Boy, and it's based on Jamaica, and it's it's based on an actual Jamaican location called Portland and it has a lot of Jamaican culture and lore in it. And there's another guy who contacted me recently who's creating a game called Extortionist from a company called Automanatism. And he's, I'm proud to see these guys popping up and doing their things. You know, it's small, but it's appreciated and respected. Hmm. So when did you consider the, as I said, game development and so on to start in Jamaica. When did that actually appear? Just in the recent years or already already 20 years ago when you started? Mm, okay, well, if it was about 20 years ago, I didn't know about it. 
But over the years, though, not just this year or last year, I've seen a few things from Jamaican developers, but I haven't seen a lot. Before I saw, before those two games I just told you about, okay, like let's say, for example, the one that's called Street Boy. I think I found out about that one in maybe 2020. Right? And, but before that, though, I've seen a couple others, but they didn't really reach out to me and they, Apparently it's not, maybe, maybe they're just kind of isolated to like little Facebook groups and whatnot, but if you don't reach out to me as the video game journalist, I'll do my digging, but my digging can go so far. So I don't really know about too many Jamaican video games being developed over the years, just the ones that were brought to my attention. And it's kind of funny that developers in, in Israel, you know, developers in Russia, developers in Greece, Brazil, they'll reach out to me with their content, but lots of Jamaican developers, they don't reach out to me, but I guess that's how it is. Hmm. Oh, yes, yes. We covered Russia and Brazil before. Russia and Brazil are their little, little small ecosystems that are totally independent from the rest of the world. And so totally understand here what you're saying. But, but here's the thing, probably that Brazil and Russia are big enough of markets that they yes. don't need foreign influences or buyers or investment to, to grow. China, they're their own ecosystem. Exactly, exactly, yes. yes. So, and I guess Jamaica, as I said, is small. So, of course, the possibilities are smaller. And, of course, as a developer, you want to reach out globally to get more people accessing your stuff. Also, you have the advantage that you use English as a national language, so you don't have to invest in translation and so on. That is true. And like in the games I mentioned to you, well, let's say Extortionist. Extortionist so far is only going to be on PC. But the one that I mentioned before called Street Boy, you know, the, the, the developer's plans are to have it on, you know, the PS4 and the Xbox One and Series X and whatnot. So there, and maybe even the Switch. So that'll help them. But if you just, I mean, that'll help them with, with a global reach. I mean, it's still going to be tough for them to get off the ground, but at least their head, their minds are in the right direction, isn't it? Not, and sometimes whenever you relegate, you're not, oh, no, let, let me not say relegate, because PC is basically the dominant platform. Some of us don't realize that, but it is. So I would say relegate. But if your game is only on PC, you do shut out quite an audience as well. So with plans to put your game on the PS, PlayStation and the Xbox platforms, that'll help. Not enough, but it will help. Hmm. <laughs> Well, at least you are really realistic about it. So, so what else is going on in Jamaica? I mean, there must be more. I actually found out about you a post in the Absolute Gamer group on Facebook where you posted about a cosplay event in Jamaica. Okay, yes. I did that recently, yes. Because what I do is it's basically it's just video game journalism. So anything that may even relate to video games... I, I'm, about, I'm about it, especially when it comes to Jamaica, because like you, you said, I mean, Jamaica isn't the first place to think about anything about video games, because there isn't really a video game industry in Jamaica per se. We're doing what we can, but there isn't an industry per se. So, yeah, once it's related, whatever it, it, that may even slightly relate to video games in Jamaica, if I'm invited, I'll be there. So the cosplay event, it was called Daisuki by a Jamaican group called Anime Yado. They were doing their thing, and yeah, I was happy to pass through and lend a hand to give them some publicity. I think that was also their first event. There are other cosplay events in Jamaica by other groups, but uh, that one in particular, I think it was their first event and I was happy to help them out. And this is how I, how I found out about you. So it worked in a way to reach outside of Good. Jamaica. It worked, it worked, it worked. Networking. Networking. Yeah, yeah. Networking. <laughs> and, and I also remember you, you were you were instantly commenting when I post the Chelsea Lewin interview. So you totally yes. know about what's happening around Jamaica on a global level too. Well, yes, because I don't just I don't just work as a video game journalist in Jamaica. Like you spoke to Triforce and maybe he told you that, you know, we even did two campaigns in Ghana and Africa, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I I have done work in other places, I've done work in North America. I've, frequent New York and I always pass through Game Station. This is a video game arcade in Queens and through just doing that I met people like let's say a gentleman called Dennis Buchanan from the Long Island Gaming League and in December due to that interaction and that meeting we actually hosted myself and the Triforce 
we put together and we hosted an event called Just Dance Off 2022. So we did that as well. I, I've interviewed legends like, let's say, Billy Mitchell, you know, the, the Guinness World Record holder, Billy Mitchell. I've got his interview. I've got two features of him on my channel. So I do work in Jamaica and wherever else the career may take me. So you are also working actively on making more aware of what's going on inside Jamaica for the people that are not in Jamaica. So getting what's going on in Jamaica more known in, on a global level, I guess. Yeah, yeah, you could say that. I do, I do. I believe that there is stuff going on in Jamaica that should be heard and seen. And just, as I said earlier on in the interview that you know, when I just started off, there was no YouTube, but no, there is. So I do have a television show, an actual television show for all those who have not caught the cord yet. It's on cable TV in Jamaica, so they can watch it in Jamaica. But because of YouTube and all these other platforms we have, I'm able to, yeah, Odyssey and what have you, I'm able to, you know, let other people see me like yourself. Yes. Awesome. Interesting. Interesting. So, well, as you said, you're usually going where you are invited. So what's your typical, I don't know, what's your typical go-to plan? I mean, how do you plan out new shows or what you put on YouTube? I mean, is there something in particular? Yeah, because like I said earlier, I have a background in television. I like to tell people that I'm not a YouTuber. I'm a television producer. That's where I'm from. That's my background. I grew up. I was a photographer for 13 years up until, I mean, from the age of 13, you know, and I, I did that for 13 years. So I was a photographer and also videographer, cinematographer and whatnot. So I'm a television producer before I'm a YouTuber. So sometimes you may look at my channel and you may realize how segmented it is. Like you may have a, have a, a label for something called the combo where the host of the show, she'll be sampling a combination of video games and food. So she reviews games and food. We have the experiment where you may see the host literally experimenting with a brand new game that she's never played before. And most of those games are indie titles. You have the review section, you have the indie section, you have my newfound love since recently, the VR section. I love VR gaming. Right before I started speaking with you guys, I was just finishing up a review for some Brazilian devs who reached out to me on App Lab regarding their title called Viking Days. And Basically, if you look at my YouTube channel, I'm doing a lot of VR stuff, but you know, I even have a little hardware section. Some of the sections are kind of obsolete because I haven't been really doing a lot of like hardware reviews and such. But if you look at my channel, you see where it's segmented. Like it's an actual, let's say, okay, if you guys remember G4 TV when it was on TV, mm -hmm. right? And they had these different shows. You'd have a celebrity show where you see celebrity gaming. You'd have a next show where you see reviews, another show where you see tournaments. That's how my channel is basically set up because I'll admit lots of, my video game journalism stuff is influenced by things like G4 TV. Even the name of my television show, The Lab Video Game TV, at one point, G4 TV was called G4 Video Game TV. So mm -hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm motivated and inspired by stuff like, stuff like Adam Sessler used to do back in the days. Like I said, all from television. I, I'm more television. I, I, I barely consider myself a YouTuber, to be quite honest with you. I mean, just looking at my subscriber count, you, you can see why. I'm barely a YouTuber. <laughs> Yeah, of course. I mean, and understand, but um, of course, the positive side effect here is that you also have the content on YouTube that people like us who are not living in Jamaica can yes. access the content. So, but love, it's not it's not your bread that. and butter business. Your 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 bread and butter business is television. It is, what is It's video production, yes, but. Yeah, you, you are correct. What I, what I receive, I mean, even though I will still consider it a monetized hobby, what I receive from video game journalism is more psychic income as opposed to tangible income. Like, I really love doing it, and that's why I keep doing it. And that's why I'm like, I'm, I'm 46 years old, you know what I'm saying? And I'm still doing video games. So clearly it's a passion. So yeah, the psychic income is what really counts. It's not my bread and butter, but, you know, it brings me joy. Yeah, yeah. So what, what else you can tell us about the gaming side of Jamaica? Okay, well, I'm not certain what you may have heard from, let's say, Triforce, because he, he's really deep into esports sport, e and whatnot, so he does a lot of stuff. <laughs> yes. What I can tell you about video games and esports in Jamaica, other than what I've told you earlier regarding the indie devs who are popping up and doing their thing, I mean, 
because of you know the, the condition of the world since 2020, esports events may have taken a little bit of a beating, a backseat. But let's say before that, you would have people are hosting esports events. You have the the fighting game community in Jamaica who they do their thing. Where they have their, I've covered even a couple of those events. You can see them on my channel. I was a part of a group once called CPC, and they were hosting some events as well as Call of Duty events, fighting game events, and stuff like that. Since recently, I think things are opening up, even with it, the cosplay event that you saw. That shows that things are opening up more, and like I told you, we held a Just Dance Off tournament as a Just Dance esports event in December, and I wouldn't, let me not say we, as I'm not a tournament organizer. That's Triforce's part. He takes care of that. So he's hosted a couple of Just Dance events before that as well. So in Jamaica, you do have pockets that create their own small esports events and keep the thing alive here as well, if that answers your question. Totally. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Thanks a lot. Yeah. I mean, a little side question, because I was really surprised. Why do people in Jamaica use Gmail addresses for business? Use that's a Gmail address? Yes. That's something I was really surprised about. Because, I mean, at least here in Europe, and I guess in America too, it's seen more professional if you have your own domain-based email address, you know? Interesting. That's an interesting observation. Well, I guess, I don't know. I don't want to speak on behalf of everybody, but other than the fact that Gmail is popular, maybe, I don't know, maybe it costs more to get your own domain address. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it's like, it's like, okay, when you said you wanted to have a meeting on Skype, I was also surprised because I haven't turned on Skype in years. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Zoom or something else. And then right. you have some countries like, Jamaica, who will always be using WhatsApp, and maybe there are other places who keep using Telegram and they never use WhatsApp. So I don't know, maybe it's a regional thing. I'm not certain why. If you're asking me why I don't have one, well, I guess, to be quite honest with you, I never thought about it. I never <laughs> thought about it. But you bring about an, an interesting point. It's like a client of mine told me some time ago that he finds it quite unprofessional when someone who he's working with tells him that they're using minutes. To make calls like they ran out of minutes or they're using minutes instead of a postpaid phone so i guess he also think he thought that was unprofessional so to each their own i guess yeah maybe, yeah. I'm, not, maybe i'm not the best person to speak on that because i as well use gmail <laughs> well so, so do i i mean yeah yeah it's, <laughs> yeah, my, yeah but the company but, i work for still uses aol as their, for their for their main email address which is real there, painful there's a, thing. there's a thing in jamaica there are companies who have their own their own stuff that like their own dedicated thing. But I guess I am a sole trader. I'm a small businessman. Mm -hmm. I don't really have a large company or anything like that. So maybe that's why. But there are companies in Jamaica who do that. I'm just, I guess I'm just not one of them. Yeah. Uh, interesting. Because my first impression was because that is how it is here, at least here in Germany, when you have a company that doesn't have their own domain-based email inbox, it's more like not professional or it's scam, you know? Something like that. This is how the general perspective is, at least at least here in Germany. That's interesting. Yeah. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Like I said, there are businesses in Jamaica who do that. Like you said, big companies. Mm -hmm. With sole traders and small business companies, it may be different. And of course, you're going to see more of that in Germany. Germany is a first world country and it's a lot bigger. So the bigger okay. the country is, the more of whatever it has you're going to see. And Jamaica is a whole lot smaller. I think Jamaica is actually... I think every single state in the United States of America is actually bigger than Jamaica <laughs> itself. So we're really small. Per so perhaps, I'm... perhaps, yeah. Well, I mean, you made the point of investment. I pay, I pay $1 per month from yeah. my email account. I do see a lot of businesses in, you know, I'm in the U.S. and a lot of businesses here do use Gmail addresses. I see on, you know. You see so them on, you yeah, you see them on like the side of trucks and in the, in the, you know, on ads and stuff, you know, it's... <laughs> Okay. Yeah. So perhaps Germany is different then. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Who yeah. knows? Yeah. yeah. Anyway, well, what what else can you tell us? I mean, you you mentioned you mentioned cosplays. How about how about tournaments? Is there something at least before the pandemic, like large tournament tournaments where where people from abroad would even fly in to you know take part in a championship? 
Well, that's the thing. Like I said, there are esports events in Jamaica before and after the the pandemic tournaments. That's what I call esports events. They are they are here, but it's on a small scale. And I I have seen people flying. Like for example, the same person you spoke with, Triforce. You know, one of his members, because he is he is the CEO and the founder of Empire Arcade, which is a Guinness World Record recognized esports establishment. And he has I've seen him flying members of. Empire Arcade to Jamaica to participate in tournaments. I even covered one of those tournaments. But where the thing is, I'm not gonna lie to sit here and lie to you and tell you that we have large tournaments here in Jamaica because we just don't. Everything here in Jamaica is on a significantly smaller scale than the US, than Europe, than even Africa. I mean, I've been, like I said, two campaigns in Africa and I've seen larger tournaments in Africa as well. But like I tell you, Jamaica is a small country and Esports is video games on a, on a whole is treated as some kind of a niche. There's still lots of people in Jamaica who, when you say video games, they think, you know, ET, joystick, Mario Brothers, like you're a kid to be playing video games. They, Jamaicans, Jamaica, I would say Jamaicans, Jamaica is not evolving with, 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 with video games because many times people like myself in Jamaica has, have to keep saying the same line. The video game industry is larger than the domestic box office and the music industry combined. And we have to keep telling people things like that. And I just feel that like after a while I stop saying it because sometimes you say to persons out here like corporate entities whom you may want to invest in your thing and they don't really believe it. I mean, a huge section of Jamaica, a smaller country as it is, have not realized how huge the video game industry is. And in my opinion, the video game industry is probably bigger than Jamaica itself. It's huge. I mean, look at that one yeah. kid who won $3 million from Fortnite. That's just one True. kid, one tournament. Stuff True. like that aren't happening in Jamaica. So even when you said to me that you wanted to talk to me about the stuff I do in Jamaica, I kind of figured it wouldn't be that long of an interview. I mean, yeah. I don't think I have much to tell you. It's just <laughs> working small. I'm not going to lie. We're, we're small and everything in here, uh, except for the music and stuff like you see in Bolt, we're small. Other than that stuff, we're, we're a small country and Video games is not cat. It doesn't. It hasn't caught on yet, like it has in the first world, where people understand that even if I don't play video games, even if I think video games are for kids, I still have to respect the fact that it's a huge industry. Your industry is huge, and the video game industry is huger. It's bigger than that, and so is it's also bigger than than music. And you know, Jamaicans just haven't caught on to that fact as yet. Some of us know that, but the more influential persons, unfortunately, they don't. So no, there are no large esports events here in Jamaica. I mean, I mean, I mean, you are lucky in in one regard that your government doesn't try to make a stop to it, like China, for example, where they are forbidding, you know, game events after a certain hour or something. And so uh, I think or, they're doing. Or, yes, or 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 in Australia as well. Yeah, or 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 Venezuela, where video games are even forbidden. So. Hmm. Yeah, that's that. You know, so you are lucky in, in that regard so, that at least the government me, leaves you alone. <laughs> yes, well, maybe one a part of the reason why that hasn't happened either is because, like I said, maybe they just haven't caught up. <laughs> you know, maybe they just haven't caught up. <laughs> so hopefully they, they, that, that, that never happened. You know, we don't need that. Right. Hmm. Well, or you have, or you have the other way, like Europe decided in 2015 to make video games a, a cultural good, so now it's preservable, like movies. And and I think it was Triforce who told me that I think it's Saint Martin, maybe that they actually made esports like something really huge, like it's some kind of national sport or something like that. But hmm. so I mean, that's a small Caribbean country as well. So that's also a step in the right direction. And some guys from Grenada, I think, reached out to me as well. So they're, I, I'm going to just keep my fingers crossed that it's growing and it's on the up and up and not actually going down, not on the decline, you know? Yeah, well, I mean, you know, as a filmmaker, as someone who's into, you know, mostly television and stuff, video games are kind of the next, the next kind of realm because it's interactive storytelling, a lot of them. There you go. There you go. You can get a really great story from a novel. You can get a really great story from a movie. You can also get a really great story from a video game. It's yeah. right up there. I agree. Yeah. Now, does does 
one of the things that interests me is is the retro scenes like like you know like what was jamaica's retro scene did it have one like because i don't i don't know too much about it in the 80s and you know that time period like what was going on there the retro video game scene in jamaica yeah or even you know we had a you know there's a there was a a north american demo scene and a european demo scene and we find out you know as we do these interviews we find out oh there was one in russia too there oh there was one over here too and that, that we never really i never knew about these things you know like well, I wouldn't call it a scene. I'd be overstating if I, if I actually call it a scene. But let's say, I mean, like, for example, I still have my Sega Master System that my mom bought me back in the 80s. You know what I'm saying? Right. So I have my collection. And I'm sure I'm not the only collector out here. But, you know, again, I mean, I apologize that this interview isn't more exciting. But I, it isn't really much of a scene. You know what I'm saying? It's just pockets and people doing their things. And some groups come together in smaller pockets. And unfortunately, there's also the struggle of, I don't know, like prejudice and segregation, like this group is not working with this group and that group is not working with this group. And I'm come to think of it, I'm sure there's at least one group in Jamaica that I don't want to work with. So I'm, I'm probably part of the problem as well. But it's it's small and it's pocketed. So there's mm -hmm. really a retro scene per se. There, there's individuals and maybe small groups. Hmm. I see. So it's not like in other places where it's like a self-organizing scene where people generally know each other. Yeah, exactly. Because, I mean, like I said, with the whole cockplay scene, it's a group of people and there's a small body, a small organization. It's just that uh -huh. they're really small. And where the esports thing is concerned, it's the same thing. Like, it's just really small. You'd have somebody over there who the League of Legends players may get together in their internet cafes or whatever and they do their League of Legends tournaments. Same thing, the fighting game people have their Mortal Kombat and their Street Fighter games and they do their thing. And then you have the guys over there who love their Call of Duty. But I haven't seen the unity. You know, I haven't seen like people deciding, hey, you know, you're small, I'm small, you're small. Let's all get together. Like, you remember that cartoon called Transformers where you had Transformers would come together and make one big one? Like Voltron. <laughs> so maybe if we did that, we have a better story to tell. But for now, no, it's, there's no great scene. It's just us doing what we can. Well, Wayne, it's not about a great story to tell. It's like preserving the moment, you know? So when people watch this recording in 20 years, we can say we have been here when Jamaica started off with the video game industry and we had this interview with Wayne Benjamin telling us that it's very, very small and 20 years later, look at it now. Now it's huge, you know? So. This is this is how we and, see it. Because if we don't do the interview, nobody else will. And, and it's it's a last chance. Well, I don't think he's going anywhere soon. What you're saying <laughs> What you're saying though is it kinda it's similar to what I'm doing. Because lots of the questions that you ask me, because I don't want to seem like, you know, some self righteous egotistical a hole, I don't tell you that, hey, all the documenting, all the preservation stuff. I mean, keeping video games alive, I'm the one doing it. I could just tell you that because I'm the one who's documenting all this stuff. I mean, even I don't really care about cosplay and anime. I like Ninja Scrolls and I like Crying Freeman, but I'm no fan of anime. There's, there are certain things about the anime culture that I actually detest, to be quite honest with you. But I'm still willing to go out and document somebody's anime event because I'm trying to keep it alive. But I just don't want to get up and say, hey, Okay, wait, how's the scene on there? Well, I'm the one keeping the scene alive. How's the television video game stuff? Well, I'm the one doing this. How many video game journalists are Jamaica? Well, it's just me. I don't want, I'm not here to blow my own horn, but the truth is, all of what you're describing, like when you say preservation, 20 years from now, this interview will be watched. I'm the one who's actually documenting and preserving all this stuff in Jamaica. And if, let's say, I'm just blowing my own horn, then go do a Google search and see how many other video game channels you have. Yes, you do have Jamaicans who are streaming and they're, they have their YouTube channels and they're doing their things. But if you look at it and compare it to what I'm doing, it doesn't seem, it seems more like, you know, self-service than preservation of history. So the only preservation that I personally know about is what I'm doing. Yeah, and that's right. that's, that's, that's the stuff that's going on here in Jamaica. It's like Triforce and myself are also doing it. I'm not saying nobody is doing nothing, but like even during the, the whole pandemic, and he was still putting, doing stuff, you know, he's still putting, when everybody else is locked up in their beds, masked up and afraid to go outside because of the big bad COVID boogeyman, we're still trying to do stuff. 
know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? We're still, we're still in small pockets. We have the Just Dance tournaments and we keep the content alive. We have all our channels on the TikToks, the Instagram, showing that Jamaica is still here. That's why you know about us right now. Because we're not just right. curled up in a corner or just streaming selfishly, just showing our own stuff. You know, we're, I'm, I'm representing. And I'm not just representing Jamaica, like I said. Right now, I'm doing a video for some guys from Brazil called VR Monkey. And that's what I do all the time. You see? So oh, I didn't sound too bad and self serving No, no, no. Not but, at all. but I mean, my, I mean, don't worry about it. If you are, and as I said, Brian Force Johnson, are the leading power in preserving stuff and and even preserving stuff that you are not really into, like cosplay, then it is the truth. I mean, why should we lie and pre- yeah. pretend there, I mean, is, that's there what, are many others? That's what Triforce what said. You know, we, we talked to him and he was like, no, you got to talk to Wayne because he's the guy. Like, he's... He's the, he's the guy doing everything. <laughs> yeah, I do what I can. So, so the, that's the way it is. I mean, I mean, we started we started twenty two years out of, as an NTSC Paul magazine because I didn't believe that Europeans said nothing happens in America anymore about the Commodore sixty four, and I didn't believe it. So I wanted to make a magazine that unites America, Europe, Canada, and all those groups. And now, t- 22 years later, I'm sitting with an American and a Jamaican and myself being German and having this interview, which which proves that there is stuff happening outside of Europe. So my task was always to prove people wrong in their stereotypical thinking, you know. Yes. yes. Prejudgment, you know. Yes. A wise man once said that Walt Disney, what he used to do, if he came up with a really good idea, he would ask members of the board what they thought about it. And if I'm certain, if a large number of people disagreed with it, that's when he did it. Sometimes yeah. you gotta go against the green, you know? Yeah. Right. You know, so I'm, I'm never going into an interview thinking, okay, this will be boring or not last long. No, I really want to know what's going on there. The whole that's truth. Amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I respect you for that. <laughs> well, we we never we never we never had a guest who said I don't want I uh, don't only want to appear like I'm the only one doing all this stuff. But if you are the leading force, you are the leading force. You didn't choose to be, I guess. No, it wasn't a competition. I just did what I wanted to do, and this is where <laughs> exactly. we are now. You see, exactly. So that's it. You know, that's it. Sometimes the truth is hard. But but as I said, you survived all your competition in at least in the me- media field for video games. You kept going on, and the others didn't. So you have the advantage yeah, also. Yeah. I believe strongly in creation over competition. You see, it's all about creation for me. I, I don't waste time competing. I prefer to create because if you think about it, if we create things properly, there will be no need to come to compete. Just do it right the first time, you know what I'm saying? And there's no real need to compete. Yeah. True. True. There's space for a lot of people, you know what I'm saying? I'd be happy if there were if there, if there were more people doing what I was doing. If there were more video game journalists in Jamaica, I wouldn't have a problem with it. They may find some stuff that I didn't find. They may unearth some stuff and, you know, highlight some stuff that I didn't. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and we also have to realize, that is what I realized when we interviewed Kelsey Lewin, that there is a new generation catching up and doing research backwards. I mean, she is 27 and she knows so much stuff about games that were created 20 years before she was born. So, yeah, she she rules with with Metal Jesus. So, yeah, those guys, I like those guys. I like the work they do. Production quality is really nice and I can see a lot of passion in what they do and they love the plastics. They love the retro stuff and so do I. Yeah. I exactly. So, so when I still got a copy of On Combat on the Atari Twenty Six Hundred, Donkey Kong. You know, I've got the classics. <laughs> I love the classics, and when I see other people preserving the classics, like what Kelsey Lewin and her her store in Seattle, the Pink Gorilla, does, I have nothing short of respect for that. You see, so in the end, when you aren't around anymore, I'm not around anymore. AJ isn't around anymore. I'll be around will forever. Be, I'm not going. They'll be around forever. Okay. Yeah, I've got plans. Yeah, I'm not dying. Yeah. <laughs> But but anyway, there will be a next generation picking up at some point. I mean, that's currently what's happening with records, for example, which they now call vinyl. <laughs> you know, yeah, suddenly, 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 sudd
You said the next generation will be picking up. What will they be picking up? The stuff we left behind. That's why we got to do it. Yeah, I agree with you, man. I agree with you. True. Mm -hmm. So, so perhaps I planted some ideas in in your head how to go forward from after after this interview. You know. Well, you know, even this interview is a great inspiration for me, you know, because I find joy in some very simple things that other people may scoff at, you know, little things like this, somebody from Germany reaching out to me for an interview, it means a lot to me, you know, maybe that's why I respond to you so quickly, because it's like income, it makes you feel good, like the first time a game developer ever gave me a copy of their game and said, review it, you know, I was like, it meant the world to me to know that somebody actually gave me a free game and said review it that they wanted my opinion i mean like the first time somebody paid me to play their game that these little moments mean a lot to me because i mean i'm coming from scratch you know what i'm saying i didn't go to a special college to learn this or anything like that i just i'm just doing this sort of passion so simple stuff like this talking to you guys you know what i'm saying it means a lot to me to go to africa for you know for 30 days to do a campaign on esports it means a lot to me and that's why i have a mountain of respect for triforce because he does stuff, he, 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 I mean, he, he, cre- he creates opportunities, you know, he thinks outside the box, he goes against the grain and he does some stuff, even under duress, you know, he's not a millionaire or anything like that, right? But he and I both did two campaigns in Africa, he makes things happen and there are very few people doing that, at least in my, in my mm-hmm. country, I don't see a lot of people doing that, so things that has mean a whole lot to me, you know, to be able to go and interview a guy like Billy Mitchell, yeah, when I uploaded that video of Billy Mitchell to my YouTube channel, you guys can go check it out. I know YouTube has diluted the whole dislike thing, so you won't be able to see how many dislikes it has. But that video is part of the video with the most dislikes and hateful comments on my YouTube channel. A lot of people seem to hate that guy. Hey, you know what? I met him. I went to his house. I got stuck there in during the pandemic for like two months. I was stuck in Florida for like two months. So, and he was a great guy, and it was an honor. I don't care how many people don't like him. I like him, and I think and it was an honor for me to actually interview somebody like that. Just thinking about where I'm coming from, and that I said, same thing I said about Triforce. I'm not a millionaire either, but I was able to do this. Psychic income means a lot. You know, it can't pay the bills, but it means a lot. Yeah. And this interview also means a lot, and I appreciate it. Well, from, from my perspective, I don't know how it is for AJ, but for me, I, I was really looking forward because I'm looking to to those niche area interviews, you know, where, where video games aren't governmental supported, where people never hear a lot from. So this oh, yeah. interview yeah. is especially nice for me. It's funny that you say that. Yeah, so this is... That. This is this is how, how I see it. So I Apparently, was really very excited for this interview. How can I say? <laughs> yeah, you know, right. Even what you said a while ago, when you said you like, you know, like this interview is not government funded and whatnot. I have a similar view on things as well, because of late, I would say of late, for the past few years, most of the reviews that I've been doing are for indie games. And I'm more passionate about interviewing or reviewing a game made by some no-name developer who, you know, can't even get his app onto the actual official app store for mm-hmm. Oculus. It's on the app, in App Labs. I prefer to interview somebody like that than to, or review a game like that than to review the latest Call of Duty game. You know, I'm indie. I consider myself, you know, you know, I'm a, I'm a small guy, you know, I'm, I'm, at one, I'm at one of those great YouTubers you see with uh, hundreds of thousands or millions of subs. So I'm indie and I love to support indie. I absolutely love that. I actually feel more passionate when I'm reviewing an indie game than if I'm interviewing, if I'm reviewing a Call of Duty game or something like that. So yeah, I can, I can see eye to eye with that. I can relate. Anyway, but you mentioned Ghana. We definitely should need some context from there and covering more Africa as well, because that's another region that people never really talk a lot about. I agree. I didn't know much about it before I went there either. I was kind of surprised at what I saw. It was very similar to to Jamaica. I always say that Ghana is like Jamaica on steroids. It's like a, it's like a much bigger Jamaica, but it's so. It, I mean, like I mean, I guess Triforce would say it as well that you know we are from Ghana. You know, all people, we're all Africans. Like you're Jamaican, you're Barbados, you're from Barbados, you're from Trinidad. Hey, you're a black person, you're African. I don't even like to use the word black. I like to call us all Africans. So yeah, it was it was interesting going over there. It's very much like Jamaica. So it's not really like Ghana is like Jamaica, but Jamaica is like Ghana. Jamaica is like Ghana's offspring. So going over there was interesting. And I'm sure that if you wanted to, you know, get some stuff from that side of the world or from that side of Africa, 
into the particular. I'm sure Triforce can hook you up because he met people long before I met people there. He knows people. He said he will. Yeah, I will hold him responsible for that <laughs> in the second part of this the interview. This guy called Uba Rahamani. I did an interview with him as well. He's also one of the guys who were doing some serious work in Ghana regarding esports, and I guess he may be one of the people that you end up talking to. And there's also a, an Empire Arcadia member who is from Ghana as well, called Tule. You know, he's really good at FIFA. You know, the e soccer thing. And yeah, yeah of sure. course, yeah. Triforce yeah. could give you some good links. Yeah, of course. Yeah, nice, nice, nice. Well, so, well, I'm happy that I could give you a perspective of not being so, you know, sad about being the first and only one. It's important. And I hope you survive and do this for the next 20, 30 years, you know? So, I want to be like AJ, you know? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> we'll just be, we'll be the last two people on earth. Last two, last two standing. Like a <laughs> <battle> royale, eh? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so, so what other plans do you have next to growing, obviously? Do you have other plans you can talk about that are not super secret? I've got no secrets. I just keep expanding. You know, my company, my production company is called Fabricated Projects, and the slogan is always evolving, always creating. And that's what I do. I just always evolve and always create. I'm always coming, coming up with something new. Like I told you about my channel, you see a whole lot of different segments and sections here. I'm always open to new things. You know, like I said, I'm not a fan of anime or cosplay. You'd never catch me dead dressing up as a cosplay character and like that, but I'm more than happy to support it. And so whatever's going on, I'll be a part of it. We're like immediate plans. I ain't got no immediate plans. You see stuff like what we're doing here? To me, this is called active networking. You know, the same way I could have done the Daisuke event and you could have learned about me. Hey, I'm talking to you now. Maybe somebody will watch it and they'll see some reason to contact me for something else. And that's just how it grows. Like, everything is not really planned. Some of it is just, you know, as I go along. Right. Yeah, that's the best right. way I can approach it. Because, yeah, I don't have any, I have no resources to get up and say, well, Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to create a an indie development production company in Jamaica. You know, I'm going to create the largest esports event ever held in. No, I can't really tell you that because I'm not that invested in it, and that's a little bit above my pay grade. So I just got to do what I do the best I can do it and see what happens. Okay, yeah. they're they're good. They're okay. They don't have my problems. You know what I'm saying? When you hear Rockstar putting out the Grand Theft Auto trilogy and it was a complete complete mess. Oh my god! I for them because they're fine. They're fine, you know? Yeah. It's like when people tell you that, hey, Mark Zuckerberg did the whole thing with the name change of the Oculus and he lost so much money from doing it. He'll be fine. He'll be okay. Yeah. They're fine. <laughs> I, I like the retro stuff, you know what I'm saying? True. Yeah. I got my Saturn. I got. I even got a Virtual Boy. I, I got my collection. So. Oh, man. Oh, Virtual Boy, yeah. I got my Virtual Boy. <laughs> the the uh, 3D that... Atari Jaguar. Yes, this no. 3D that makes you sick from watching it too, for too long. Yes, that yeah. black and red ugly ass thing that they said that kids under a certain, under six years old or something like that shouldn't play or they'll go blind. Yeah, that's some crazy stuff. But <laughs> I got a, hey, look, I got like, when I, when I got an opportunity to, to grab Superman 64, one of the worst games ever made, <laughs> I was glad to grab it. It's just a collector's piece as horrible as it is. E.T. Stuff mm -hmm. that I said, they said crashed the video game industry in the 80s. I gotta have a copy of that, man. It's, it was so yeah. bad. It's, it's, same reason I got a PlayStation Classic because I know it won't sell well, so I want <laughs> one. Yeah. Hey, guess what? I've got a PlayStation Vita TV. Okay, those prices have skyrocketed. It was, we all know the faults of it, but I had to get one before it, it skyrocketed. I bought one. <laughs> I'm going to hold on to that baby because I hear it's like hundreds of dollars for that on eBay right now on Amazon. Wow. Got it for like $20 on Amazon. Wow. My wow. Wii U. I actually love the Wii U, but I, I hang on to those underdog stuff. Well, hey, I'm always rooting for the underdog anyway. Hey, I'm an underdog, so woof, woof. <laughs> yeah, woof, woof. <laughs> good point, good point. Yeah, well, we definitely should stay in touch and see where you are going to from this point on. I'm pretty sure you will do amazing stuff yeah. down the road. You just don't know about it yet. <laughs> I'll do my best and continue to keep my head above water for as long as humanly possible. Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. Yeah. No Where problem. can people go to find out what you're doing? And, and like, like... Okay, well, you can go to my website, which is fabricatedprojects.com. It's spelled kind of funny, though. It's F-A-B-R-I-K, 
A-T-E-D-P-R-O-J-E-X. And my YouTube channel, there's, for, for people who are interested in like a lot of Jamaican culture, the music and stuff like that, I got, I've done like, I've directed and produced maybe over 200 music videos among a lot of other stuff. So it's on that YouTube channel, Fabricated Projects. Then for the guys who are interested in video games, the people watching this right now, the Lab Video Game TV. If you Google the Lab Video Game TV, that's the name of the YouTube channel. That's the name of the Instagram account, the Twitter, the TikTok. I'm everywhere, just a couple of keys away. Awesome. We'll put links to everything in the description below so people can go and check it out. I appreciate that. Yeah. Email awesome. address, the Lab Video Game TV at gmail.com okay. <laughs> projects at windowslive.com so yeah i'm really sorry i really got you in there it didn't mean wow. it i didn't mean no, it bad no, no, no i got no problem with that no problem with that that's actually taught me something actually it's, it, everything is knowledge man everything is knowledge and knowledge yeah. is power like it said in mortal kombat 2 back in the days on the cartridge when you put it in it says all knowledge is power or something like that <laughs> right and it's true yeah, it's true. yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I didn't think I'd go. I'd last fifteen minutes, so I'm, I'm grateful. I'm, I'm glad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, we are pros. We are doing this since eight years, so <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so you can make something out of nothing. I appreciate it, guys. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah. come on! Don't be I so modest. That. Don't be so modest. People like you are very important. You know. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We appreciate you sitting with us, guys. I appreciate you guys. An honor and a privilege being here today. Thank you. Thank so much. you. Yeah. Awesome. So keep in touch. I will let you know when we get this out, right? Thank you, guys. Thank, Thank you, too. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye bye.